I wonder that you would just consider this verse, these verses in the week ahead, as the Lord might lead us accordingly. We also find Jesus making these statements in Matthew 16 at the revelation of who he is. But we come here in Matthew 18, and Jesus says, Truly I say to you, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Maybe you knew this. Those words bind and loose, the word bind there is whatever you prohibit or make unlawful. Whatever you prohibit or make unlawful on earth. You know, you have the ability, apparently, from the word of God, you have the ability to prohibit things on earth. And the word loose there is whatever you make lawful or allow. You and I can go to a place of prayer with the mind of God, the word of God. And Jesus said what we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And what we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then watch the next verse, though. It strengthens that first verse to me. Again, Jesus said, again, I say to you, if two of you shall agree on earth, touching anything that they shall ask. Now he's talking about the the power of agreement in asking. In verse 18, he said, if you... In verse 19, he said, if two, unity and agreement. If two of you shall agree on earth touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father, which is in heaven. Verse 20, last verse. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. We often quote those different verses at different times without recognizing the power of them all together. Amen. As we seek Him, may we pray according to the leading of His Spirit and understand the authority He gives us when we pray. Amen. Praise God. Bishop, would you come? Please, thank you. It's great to have Bishop and Sister Schoon over here today. Amen. On this Thanksgiving weekend. God bless you. Thank you. Brother Hart, it's good to be here. I have uh, shared with you from time to time of your significance as a one God, spirit-filled, blood-bought believer. Jesus said there's no greater than John the Baptist. 
Yet the least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. I want to read to you from 1 Kings, the 17th chapter, at verse 17. It came to pass after these things that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick, and his sickness was so sore that there was no breath left in him. She said unto Elijah, What have I to do with thee, O thou man of God? Art thou come unto me to call my sin to remembrance and to slay my son? She said un, he said unto her, Give me thy son. He took him out of her bosom, carried him up into a loft, where he abode, laid him upon his own bed, and he cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord my God, hast thou also brought evil upon the widow with whom I sojourn by slaying her son? And he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord my God, I pray thee, let this child's soul come into him again. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah and the soul of the child came into him again, and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down out of the chamber into the house and delivered him unto his mother. And Elijah said, See, thy son liveth. And the woman said to Elijah, Now by this I know that thou art a man of God, and that the word of the Lord lives in thy mouth of a truth. As we were... As we were worshiping the Lord in the giving of the offering, my wife showed me a text. It was a request by Ben and Michaela Bass that Elder Loxamana would be at the hospital today. The report yesterday was they lost their baby, and it didn't, it didn't register with me that she was still carrying the baby. They are scheduling a C-section today, 
Now, when I read that, an inspiration came to me. And I uttered it out. I said, let the breath of the child return. (laughs) If we can agree together. If we can agree together. He sent out 70 and he said, raise the dead. I say, let the breath of the child return unto him. Let his soul return unto him again. Let him revive, I pray. Let him revive, I pray. In the name of Jesus, let him revive. In the name of Jesus, uh, we agree, we agree, we agree. We agree for the soul of the child. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of the Jesus. I was riding in the car with my son-in-law and my grandson yesterday, and for reasons unknown to me, he began to share and say that I was talking with Caleb this morning, and I, one of them said, what do you think the greatest miracle was that Jesus did in his ministry on the earth? And Callum said to raise the dead. And I can't help but believe that that was a precursor statement spoken 
yesterday morning to this moment now. Now, now listen to me. I want to read to you out of James chapter 5. James chapter 5 at verse 13. The people of Israel had begun to uh, give credit for their harvest to Baal, a, a false god. That they give credit to Baal when the harvest was there, it was plenteous. Israel. And God acted on that. He acted on it by stopping all rain. And as Israel's lives progressed over time with no rain, there was a famine that came into the land so that there was no harvest. And they begin to do things and move their animals to different places just to keep them alive. It was very, very stark. It was bad. And then the Lord said to the prophet Elijah, there isn't going to be any rain. You think it's bad now, it's going to get worse. There's not going to be any, any rain until you say. And time passed, and then there was a, a time when the Lord told Elijah, go present yourself before Ahab, King Ahab. I think he came to Obadiah first and, and was presented towards Ahab, I can't remember the details. But Elijah said he called all the prophets of Baal to come to the top of Mount Carmel. And on top of Mount Carmel, he suggested that they get two bullocks and uh, you take one, I'll take one. You dress a sacrifice, I'll do a sacrifice. The God that answers by fire... He is God. And so, you know, the prophets of Baal, they did all these things, dressed the uh, bullock on an altar of wood, and, but they called on their God, Baal, and there was no answer, no answer, no answer, no answer. And then Elijah, by some example, making some example to them, dressed the sacrifice upon an altar of rocks and wood, and, and then he called for 12 barrels of water to be dumped on top of the sacrifice, and which seems naturally uh, a ridiculous idea in this circumstance. But when he called on the Lord his God, 
God answered by fire and not only consumed the fire, but the Bible says he consumed the rocks, the wood, all the water in the trench. And then the people responded and gave credit where credit is due. Now, that seems like a, what a tremendous or a, a, a such a huge example of uh, power and of, uh, well, such a great miracle. In James 5 and 13, is there among you, is there any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is there any merry? Let him sing psalms. Any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if you have committed sins, if he has committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another. Pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. In, in a split second of time, I see the uh, the writer reaching back in time for an example. And he doesn't call out the what happened on Mount Carmel. He doesn't call out the raising of the dead of this young child. He doesn't talk about Zarephath and the miracle of the, uh, the cruise of oil or the barrel of meal that did not waste and would keep them and sustain them. But he reached for a moment in time and says, Elias was a man, let's read it, Subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. What's the next verse saying? And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. All in an effort that the reader would have faith and to believe that we are as significant to him as he said. An elder read the scripture that says if, if one or two, or if two or three of us would agree on the earth as touching any one thing we shall ask and these things shall be done god is trying to move us to a place in faith in him for this hour you know government passed laws but we were just told in the spirit we can undo laws If we go there in faith, praying, all things will be possible. Would you just stand with me?
All things are possible to them that believe and that call upon his name. I'm not asking you to stand to pray. I'm asking you to stand and to receive. To receive. Receive this as an eternal truth to you, for you, in you, and become the believer that he would ask us to become. Believers. Filled with faith. Come on, I receive it right now. I receive this word of you, Father. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You have brought us unto this hour. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. According to thy word, Lord. According to thy word, Lord. According to thy word, Jesus. According to thy word, in the name of Jesus. The Lord will confirm his word with signs following. Talk to the Lord right there where you are. We wait on you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Our confidence is in you. Our faith is in you. You have commissioned us to pray the prayer of faith. You have commissioned us to pray the prayer of faith. We will pray in faith, nothing wavering. I pray utterance be given your people by the faith of the living God to release our voice under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. 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 You can be seated for just a moment. There's a verse I'm trying to find. It's in my head. I want you to see it, so read it. Um, it's in one of Paul's letters. And Paul makes the statement 
about speaking. says so I speak I'm trying to find the verse that's there anyway if you come across it you can tell me Paul makes the statement thank you Yes, that's the one. Thank you. I want to go back to verse 7, and then we're going to jump. Okay, Brother Jerry? Paul says, but we have this treasure, speaking of the infilling of the Spirit of God. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Our confidence is in the treasure, not in the vessel. The excellency of the power may be of God. The treasure is the focus, not the vessel. Okay, the treasure, the treasure is the indwelling spirit of God within us. Okay, our focus is him. Now, he makes off-quoted verses 8 and 9. He talks about troubled, not distressed, perplexed, not in despair, persecuted, not forsaken, cast down, not destroyed. Verse 10, he says, always bearing about in the body. This is individually and this is also collectively as a body of believers. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that is the denying of self, that is the dying to self, always bearing that about in the body. Why? But there's a reason we're doing that. We're not just doing it. Why? That the life, the life of Jesus might be made manifest in our body, the vessel. And so we bear about the dying so that the life can be made manifest. If we don't bear the dying, the life can't be made manifest. It's the wisdom of the cross. Okay, now watch verse 11. For we, that's us, for we which live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake. Why? That the life also of Jesus might be made manifest. Now, we miss this and we skip over this, but Paul's right where he was in verse 7. Where is the life of Jesus made manifest? In our mortal flesh. Is that what the word says? There is something that happens when we die and the focus is the treasure. The treasure is desiring the Holy Spirit, we know to be the indwelling Spirit of God. The Spirit of God, just as He did when He walked the earth wrapped in flesh in the man Christ Jesus, is still desiring to manifest Himself to the world. And so we bear about the dying of the 
Lord Jesus, so that he can manifest himself to the world, and he manifests himself in our mortal flesh. Now, he can't do that if we don't bear about the dying because we will get lifted up in our flesh. But we have to realize walking in and being led of and being used by God and the ministry of the Spirit through our life is going to take place through mortal flesh. But the flesh is just the vessel. Okay? Now, the verses I wanted to get to, verse 12. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. Now, verse 13. We, having the same spirit of faith. The same spirit of faith. According as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. There must be a yielding to the indwelling spirit to speak. It's not enough to believe. Go back to that verse, please, 13. It's not enough to believe. Now, we use that when we're talking about salvation. People say, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And we say, well, well, yeah, but yeah, yeah, but there's more. We understand what believing leads to. But when we get to prayer, Paul said, I believe. And my belief, something happens as a result of my belief. I speak. I declare that which I believe. I'll open my mouth and say that which I believe. How many times, you don't have to raise your hand, you're as human as I am, I probably know the, I don't know the number of times, but I, we're human. Has the Lord quickened a thought to you and you thought, man, that's crazy. A situation, a circumstance, a need, uh, and, and you have a, I'm not talking about you imagining something, I'm talking about the Lord quickened something to you and you're like, ah, but you're like, oh, I can't say that, that sounds so crazy. The Apostle Paul said, I believe. And because I believe, I open my mouth. I give way to the utterance. I let that which I believe go from belief to utterance. There must be a moving in this hour from belief to utterance. It's past time to simply be believers, spirit-filled believers that come together and walk in the earth. There must be an utterance that goes with what I believe. Speak to the mountain, be thou removed. Speak to the sycamine tree, be plucked up by the root. Speak, Paul said, I believe and therefore I speak. 
This is why Paul said, I believe, to the church, pray for me that utterance would be given to me, that I would have the boldness to speak. He knew what he believed. He knew I had to get beyond what I believe because I'm going to face some things that will try to resist me and not, you know what, you understand, the adversary's not so concerned about what you believe. He's concerned about you opening your mouth and speaking what you believe. And so the God of this world doesn't so much, I mean, he does oppose what we believe, but he seeks even greater. I'll let you believe it. If you're going to believe and I can't get you to stop believing, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to oppress you so you'll at least not speak what you believe. But the Spirit of the Lord and the Word of God through the Apostle Paul, he said again, I'm not trying to beat a dead horse, but we've got to see this. We've got to let this get into our spirit. Paul said, I believed and therefore I have spoken. I'm not apologizing for what I said. I'm not backing down in faith. Why? Because where did this come from? Where did this emanate from? It wasn't his own thought. It wasn't mind over matter. It wasn't the power of positive thinking. It was the spirit of faith. We having the same spirit of faith. If you have faith and you believe, speak. And I hear the voice of God. But what if I speak and nothing happens? I'm glad you asked. I'll finish. Bishop referenced Elijah on Mount Carmel. After the fire fell, after the sacrifice was consumed, Elijah left, and he went to a place by himself, and he prayed. The scripture says in 1 Kings 18 that he knelt down and he put his face between his knees. What did he pray? He prayed for rain. But if you go back, And you read, he apparently already knew some things. But he prayed for rain. There was no rain. And he had a servant there, and he said, go look. You know the story, right? Go look. The servant goes and comes back. I don't see nothing. Man, I believe. I don't know. Now he prayed again. And he prayed again and again and again and again. He believed what he was praying. He wasn't trying to convince God to do something against his will. He believed what he was praying. And so he spoke until he continued to declare in faith. He continued to speak until. And then the servant came back and said, you know, I see a cloud about the size of a man's hand. That's not much. I have a bigger hand than some. But still, a cloud, when you haven't had rain for three and a half years, I don't know how much hope that gives you. 
It was all the man of God needed. And then watch what he does. He gets up and he tells his servant, go tell the king. I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. I wonder. I'm sure he didn't, but I've wondered. If the servant ever thought. Are you sure you want me to just go say that? I mean, history's not on your side the last three and a half years. You really want me to go, go tell him? What was he speaking from? He was speaking from the very same spirit of faith, I believe. He had been with God in a place of prayer. He had heard from the Lord, and he saw enough to believe. And once he believed, he said, this is what I want you to speak. The servant was speaking on behalf of Elijah. Would you stand with me this morning? Far too long. We have allowed our faith to be stolen with the simple thought of, well, but what if I say it and nothing happens? I'm not talking about loosely and just chaotically throwing statements out. You understand? I'm not talking about just, well, Name it and claim it. Let's just go out there and start saying stuff until we see what happens. Throw everything against the wall and see if something sticks. Talking about being in a place of prayer and relationship with God. Where we hear from him. And then when we hear from him. We are willing to open our mouth and speak that which we believe. Speak the things that are not as though they were. This is the word of the Lord. It's time to speak. I would that you would talk to the Lord right now. Let the spirit of faith be stirred up within you. We have the same spirit of faith. And we believe, therefore we speak. We have the same spirit of faith. And we believe, therefore we speak. Yet a lady, Aramando Locosaye, 